I'm a Muslim and that's okay presents Gift of the Gab because everybody's got something to say. everyone may peace be on you all and welcome to another episode to the new year's episode of i'm a muslim and that's okay i'm your host shayla and i am back with this year's very first gift the gift of the gab and i have with me my first guest her name is aisha lusfer and she is from canada i i forgot where for, where in canada are you aisha you have to tell us i'm based in alberta right now in yeah, alberta in and um, I, I've, I'm sorry, I completely slipped, that slipped my mind, but you sent me your bio and you are, you are my people. You are from the arts. I love it. You know, you are an artist and you do woodworking, watercolor, p- color painting, and just like me, dig- digital illustrations. And apart from that, that's your like main thing. That's like your cover. I mean, that's not how I found you. Um, I, as most people, you know, wasting time on social media, <laughs> like a terrible amount of time. I'm on TikTok as well. And I came across your videos, Aisha. And I, I thought that I was like, first of all, it didn't strike me that you were Muslim, but you were speaking on a Muslim topic. And that's my bad. OK, that's my like, I guess, inner uh, perception, prejudice, whatever you want to call it. But you were talking about, you know, Muslim issues that were that can be pretty iffy, um, especially on social media. So but before I get into that, please give us a proper like I mean, what I did was like I threw in a couple of fun facts about you. But please (laughs) tell us a little more about yourself, where you're from, what you do and how did you end up on TikTok? Well, first of all, thanks so much Shahra, for having me on. And uh, also, it's really funny what you said about like you didn't assume that I'm Muslim right away, because even though I myself am a Muslim woman who doesn't wear hijab, mm-hmm. I still make that same assumption about other unveiled Muslim women. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, she's Muslim. Oh, I didn't, like, you know, that's the thing. It's an identifier and you won't uh, realize, you know, right away necessarily. So it's it's right. funny that I literally do that myself. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a creator on TikTok at the moment. Uh, also have, you know, my Instagram account where I, I post my artwork and try to run my small art business. Um, but I'm, uh, I cur- I'm currently living in Alberta, but I'm actually mm-hmm. originally from the capital region of Canada. So around the, the Ottawa, Ottawa capital uh, city and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Alberta about six years ago. Uh, it's going to be seven years now soon, which oh, is crazy. Wow. Um, so my husband and I moved across the country uh, for work, uh, mm-hmm. as many people do. Uh, there's this joke in Alberta where we say most people in our Alberta are not from Alberta. Because oh. <laughs> it's this economy that, you know, a lot of people from around the country go there for the, you know, there's the oil and gas industry right. and all that stuff, uh, which my husband is not even a part of. He's a high school teacher, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we moved out here for his work and we have two young kids. Um, mm. We're about to turn uh, eight and ten now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I'm a mom on top of the, you know, the art stuff. Everything else. Stuff, so yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit of a juggling act here. I'm sure. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and as for my, my background, uh, ethnicity-wise, my mm-hmm. father is uh, from Morocco mm-hmm. and my mother is French-Canadian. So oh, I have wow. that 
uh, mix going on, you know, sort mm-hmm. of your typical uh, caught between East and West uh, right. situation. Right. Um, but, you know, I realized throughout the years that even if you're not a mixed kid, if you're any kind of ethnic kid living in the West, you always kind of feel a little torn between East and West. Right. Um, but the fact that I'm I'm literally half is, is definitely has been a, a, an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and that's for like my professional or educational background, if you will. Um, I'm, I've am i always been a bit of an entrepreneur. I just don't really vibe with school. I'm a bit ah. of a college dropout. Right, right. <laughs> Which is ironic because my husband's an educator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really liked the structure of school and I dropped out of college and just tried to do things on my own. And so before I had kids, I was trying to run my own videography business. Oh, wow. And I put that aside because mm-hmm. videography is insanely hard to do when you have young children. Right. Um, but I still really had all this creative energy that needed an outlet. I've always been a creative person my whole life. I always had some kind of an outlet, but I was in a position where I was absorbed in the motherhood role, mm-hmm. which is great, you right. know, and it's obviously, I do not want to downplay motherhood in any way. It's an insanely right. rewarding and hard thing to do, but right, I needed right. a creative outlet. And right. so I started doing arts, uh, visual mm-hmm. arts, because that's something that can be quietly done in the evenings when the kids are in bed or whatnot. And it started as something just for myself, literally as mm-hmm. a sort of a self-therapy. And I was posting it on social media just to kind of show people what I was up to. And mm-hmm. uh, very quickly, they started asking me if I was going to sell my work, mm. which was very flattering. And I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind, but I was like, sure, like who's going to be opposed to some extra pocket money, you know? Right. So. I started putting a price tag on my artwork and it just grew from there over the past uh, four years or so. I love what like seeing the work because again, and before I get into that, uh, for all the people who can't see you, the reason the, the, the one of the reasons not is not just that you're not wearing a hijab again, like this is not a debate about that. Is because you have that fantastic fade, the fade hairdo, <laughs> and the septum piercing. Oh my god! Like, like that is so cool. I was like, oh my god, I need that, Thank even you. though I look terrible with it. But no. The the thing is, I don't it's, think it's, so. it's that was the the striking part about it because visually, like nobody would be able to perceive um that because again we have so many preconceived notions in our brains whether we'd like to or not we do have those preconceived notions and that's what sort of like blocks us from really taking in actual information so that was that was the that was the surprise and i was like that was the hook for you (laughs) that was the hook for me that was the hook for me i was like I need to know more. What does uh-huh. she do? <laughs> no, but, I'm, I'm really flattered by that. I, I'm really happy with my, my haircut and my septum. Mm-hmm. And that's been part of a bit of a personal transformation over the past few years. Um, I didn't always look like this. I actually mm-hmm. used to wear hijab for most of my life. Right. Um, even though I always had a bit of that uh, anti-mainstream punk rock attitude, mm-hmm. um, I never felt like I could really express it because I was afraid to lose the people close to me, you know, right. because again, with being uh, sort of stretched between uh, East and Western mentality or mm-hmm. culture, if you will, you know, everything that's associated with the alternative movement is always very much sadly pinned as that's for white people. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. anything alternative, whether it's metal, emo, uh, mm-hmm. goth, punk, whatever it is, it's always like, oh, that's that's like a white people thing. 
Right. And so um, I was afraid to lose my ethnic and or Muslim friends if mm-hmm. I went, if I head dived straight into um, that culture. Right. I was afraid that I would just alienate myself more from my my ethnic uh, background and my ethnic friends and, and all that stuff. So I kind of just kept it under wraps. Uh, mm. No pun intended. <laughs> and, uh, um, and yeah, and it was just later in my life, you know, around your 30s, you know, that they always say that's when you start to be a bit more unapologetic. And you're like, why was I wasting all of those years trying to please other people or right. living for other people? Right. Um, I'm going to be authentic to myself. And as a Muslim, for me, um, that authenticity is shared between myself and my creator, right? So right. the way I operate through life is I try my best to reduce my ego, reduce the thoughts of other people. Right. And to just have it be a thing that's between me and God, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's kind of how I move forward. And that's, you know, part of how I ended up on uh, doing what I do on TikTok. And that's the thing. That's I found you on TikTok. Okay, uh, I I love your work, but I found you on TikTok because you were discussing so many things, looking the way you do, that are you know generally reserved for. Um, and again, this uh, these are all preconceived notions, but they come from mm-hmm. come into spaces that are uh, reli- religiously like, I guess, conservative. Or mm-hmm. in spaces that are um, very traditional, spaces. very traditional, mm-hmm. even though what you're covering in a lot of them is very controversial stuff, things like spiritual abuse and the the whole debate of whether of hijab or not hijab, that's or even just living the alternative lifestyle as you do. You uh, in one of the videos, I think uh, you had be- featured yourself, you know, listening to heavy metal goth music and doing housework and it's like mm-hmm. a very non-traditional <laughs> Muslim way of doing housework I mean, everybody yeah. loves music but you know that's not the vision in our heads that's going yeah. on but mm-hmm. and that's the thing you are discussing all of these things looking the way you do what I want to know is that a first of all I think what sort of drove you to make this content why have these really heavy controversial discussions at all Mm -hmm. um you know it's interesting because like most people who download tiktok it was you know it 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 takes you in baby steps you know first you make an account just to be able to have the algorithm uh be what's it called like catered to you right and then you know you <clears throat> everybody says how easy it is to to get views and stuff on tiktok so i'm like okay i'll, I'll try this out and uh, i put out a few feelers you know uh, like videos of uh just cute things like my pets or like right. uh, hikes in the woods or whatever um and actually one of the first videos i ever posted was uh, a cat video mm-hmm. which we all know cat videos are like internet yeah. currency and so my first big block of followers was because one of my cat videos went viral. Oh wow! <laughs> and so a lot of people don't know that whatever following I have right now is mostly based on like the following I got from that cat video. Whatever works. Um, if it's the cat, it exactly, works. Exactly. Whatever works. And so, uh, you know, my content kind of evolved from just sharing my art to... I'm trying to remember when did I make the switch to sort of talking about being an alternative Muslim. I think... Okay, yes, I know where it started. It's because um, I did this sort of 
showing myself through the years uh, right. video, <clears throat> and mm -hmm. I've deleted it since. I think it was doing very well, but but I deleted it because it did come across like I was putting the hijab down. Because mm. essentially, I was showing, I was just trying to show my journey from literally kindergarten to who I am now as a 30 year old right. woman. And I started wearing a hijab actually in kindergarten, which mm. for people who don't know is not actually right because hijab is prescribed for adults, it's not prescribed to children. Right. And I started wearing it a lot, like pretty often, way too early in life in kindergarten. And so most of my pictures of my past, actually all of them that I have on my phone, I'm always wearing a hijab. Right. So when I did this sort of slideshow showing myself from kindergarten all the way up to now, mm -hmm. it came across like a sort of a glow up. It was a glow up, but people really inter interpreted it as a glow up because I left hijab. You know what I mean? And I want to um, ask you, um, yeah. where were these reactions coming from? Were it, was it from Muslim followers or non-Muslim followers? Oh, it's always the Muslim followers, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, we're an insanely self-critical community where right. uh, we kind of feel like when you see another Muslim, it's like you have this weird entitlement to tell them how to live their life and right, right. Um, be very sort of judgmental and, and sort of prying into their personal things. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of very nasty comments, sadly, mm. from other Muslims. Um, right. Being like, you know, you're so ugly now. Now you look like some weird, like, LGBTQ like lesbian type person ah. used to be like so pretty before which like by the way very you know disgusting thing to mm. refer to someone looking lesbian as like this bad thing which right, I, right. I'll address that later but um, you know they use it as an insult yeah, um, yeah. and uh, they kind of uh, yeah they're just disparaging be like you used to be so pretty now you look so mm. ugly and then obviously there's also uh, Islamophobes or ex-Muslims that jumped mm -hmm. on it a little bit and were like, oh, right. good for you that you left the hijab behind. And I was like, no, that's that's not what I was trying to say either. You know what right, I mean? Like right. people were uh, jumping on my journey and literally I made no statements. It was just a right. slideshow with music, showing myself from a child all the way up to now with right. no context. Right. And uh, people, it's really interesting. People projected their context onto it, right? Mm. Their own personal biases. So right. it, from one extreme, you had very sort of uh you know conservative judgmental muslims who said all those nasty things right. and on the other extreme you have the islamophobes you know and they're both you know sort of it's uh, basically fighting the, the same it's, it's basically the same context but in two separate ways yeah um it is taking your personal journey and putting it out for debate when it's not up for debate it's literally exactly. your life yeah yeah, and I use, uh, I, you know, I try my best not to reply to, you know, stupid or hateful comments, but I it's remember hard. saying... It's hard. I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. I've been through some of your videos. I'm like, I don't know how she does it, okay? Because I can, like, <laughs> see it in my head, all the comments that would go there. And I would not do well, okay? I would not do well with it because I have a short Oh, fuse. it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. Oh, yeah. I have to bite my fingers. You know, usually right. you say bite your tongue, but I have to bite my fingers not to be typing um but it's uh yeah it's it's you know the some of the stupid comments that i got i replied and said this seems like a you problem this seems like you're projecting because right. i literally didn't say a single thing right you right. know if you if you think that i'm saying that this is a glow up because i left hijab that's literally your interpretation because i never right. said that right you know what i mean and so i actually released a video after that explaining and being like you know all i wanted to show was the change that i've been through like mm -hmm. where li like life took me i thought it was a really cool 
sort of experiment just to see right. me morph. And, um, and also I wanted to express how lucky I am to have a family and a, a community that supports me right. and doesn't make me feel judged or like will disown me because of my change, right? Because let's mm. be real, that happens for it anybody, happen. right? Yeah. For a lot of people, regardless of their religious, cultural yeah, background, yeah. whatever, when you make a big change in your life, you put yourself up at risk for your family, your friends and all that stuff to start treating you differently or even cutting you off, right? right? And I just wanted to express how important I think it is for people to allow people close to them to change, to mm. be different, to explore themselves, their spirituality, right. all that kind of stuff, right? So I wanted to express how lucky I was to mm. have that, that community around me that lets me be. And of course, when I took my hijab off and stuff like that, I did hear a little bit from some family you know I had some phone mm. calls and stuff like that but right. again they were so kind and supportive and mm. literally were just like clearly you're going through a change and I just want to let you know that I've noticed and I hope everything's okay kind of thing you know there right. was no judgment and stuff like that so again I wanted to express that's how my family dynamic is and I think that's extremely healthy right. and it's a good example for again those two extremes for conservative Muslims right. um extremely conservative Muslims mm. who would maybe, you know, cut someone off for doing what I did. Right. It's showing them, hey, that's not the right way. When someone in your family starts to be different, you should still be non-judgmental and accept them and love them. And then for the Islamophobes, it's like, hey, by the way, not all Muslims are crazy people who disown their families for, right. Right. you know, uh, either coming out or again, changing something different about themselves. Like, you know, Muslims can be have totally right. normal family dynamics, you know, because there's this very Islamophobic perception that Muslims are, you know, uh, God forbid those whole uh, honor killing uh, type mm. of uh, rhetoric that we hear about, you know, which are right. um, in context extremely rare. But that's kind of how they picture us as Muslims is like if you deviate from the traditional path, we will cut you off. We will potentially kill you, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm. So it was to kind of show both extremes like, hey. There's a lot of normal Muslim families out there with like healthy family dynamics who will support each other and not like go to extreme measures. You know what I mean? So I just wanted right. to share that. And then it kind of snowballed because the way TikTok works is you can reply by video to people's comments, right? right. So the comments that were left on those videos, I would reply to some of them with video and then it kind of snowballs from there. And so my account slowly became about addressing the topic of you know, judgment in our community and how, again, uh, the Muslim community tends to be very, very focused on appearances mm -hmm. and the appearance of righteousness rather right. than righteousness itself. You know, right. not that those two are separate, but you know what I mean? Again, like you were saying, perceptions and all that stuff, like we're, right. our community is really caught up in perception. And I just wanted to address that and, and start breaking down that down a little bit. Right. And that's the thing. We have a very, I guess, tunnel vision when it comes to appearing righteous as well um it uh, and again it's not just a, a muslim community sort of thing people in general have a thing that you can only look righteous in a certain way um mm -hmm. you have to be clean cut or uh, you have to conform to certain kinds of things you wear and what you do, that sort of thing. In life, you know, that's not how it works. I've known a lot of people who mohawks, tattooed, you know, they, they're they not like from the like normal, I guess, if you would call it from any other way, like they're from the alternative lifestyle, but good, decent people at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
So it's it, again, it's it's a it's again it's a overall problem that we have very narrow perceptions of what it is that who is actually a good person, like person mm-hmm. wearing a hijab like me might not be like all that they're cracked up to be or anybody like person who's suit suit and tie might not be the best kind of person that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, and you sort of address that in uh some of your videos about especially and this was I think this one got you the most flack the one about spiritual abuse in which you spoke specifically about a muslim cleric but again this is not just about the a particular muslim cleric in religious communities as a whole this is a problem that mm-hmm. those who are in positions of power have a tendency to abuse power uh, you know in any faith that sort of thing mm-hmm. so tell me about that how did that come into being because that i could yeah like you said you know you you reply, you replied to so many comments from just that video itself that mm-hmm. is like sort of snowballed into something really big mm-hmm. um so that whole and i've i've since done quite well quite a bit a few videos about spiritual abuse since that first one but essentially um and yeah before i get started i just want to underline exactly what you said that spiritual abuse is a worldwide cross religious problem you know like right. It's very important for me to clarify that like I'm Muslim so I'm going to talk about Muslim issues right but every single religious community has this issue and also non-religious community you know like right. again like you said with pow- great power comes great responsibility responsibility and yes. people will misuse that power and mm-hmm. be attracted to those positions of power just to be able to abuse other people right so that's the thing is that Muslims are not immune to this and right. I think growing up in a Muslim community we're often fed this sort of uh, very um, uh vanilla islam or uh sort of whitewashed i guess in a way where it's very naive uh, sort of perception very naive of like our communities yeah and that we are different than everyone mm-hmm. else you know it's like oh muslims like unfortunately this is you know i've i've been to islamic school like a lot of people don't know i actually am an islamic school alumni i used to mm-hmm, go to mashallah. private islamic school as a kid and so um a lot of the rhetoric there was like you know muslims are very morally superior like we mm. just know better and do better than everyone right uh, and of course you know they'll say like of course some muslims can be bad but generally you know mm. we are a superior community in terms of morality and belief and all that stuff which again i think every religious community yeah. kind of says that about themselves you know it's yeah. not unique to muslim um and so you kind of grow up with this mentality of like you know you always hear about for example the abuses in the catholic church right mm-hmm. like that's always hitting the news the the you know priests and other people in positions of power in the church who abuse their power and you kind of be you kind of categorize that as uh, oh that's a christian issue yeah you know like oh that happens it's because those crazy priests you know they're all celibate so they just kind of go crazy and you know mm. you make up these these kind of uh, weird excuses that for some reason it only happens within the christian uh context and you don't even think to happen stop. to us sort of thing yeah exactly you don't stop to think that oh this is not just the priests it's right. like it's everywhere and you mm. just don't want to think that your community or the people that you look up to could be capable of stuff like that And so um it's just you know like relatively recently in my life that it starts to dawn on me just how um much it's it's an also an issue in the Muslim community. Mm. And so over the past few years there's quite a few notable Muslim preachers here in the mm. West who have been exposed for abusing right. their power. 
And that had quite a heavy impact on me because again, it's one thing to know something sort of uh, subconsciously, right. you know, but when it, when you really see it, when you're like, oh, like right. this is an issue, it hits you on a different level, right. especially when it hits close to home because some mm. of those preachers I really looked up to personally, mm. some right. of them I met in real life, you know, at meet and mm. greets or whatever, I attended their lectures, I got mm. to talk to them. Right. And so to know later that that whole time that they were engaged in very harmful behavior was, mm. you know, it hit really close to home. Right. And so I've, you know, I've been digesting that over the years, but there's this one cleric in particular. He's not even a cleric, actually. He's just sort of a very well-spoken preacher person, right. a sort of a internet celebrity mm -hmm. uh, type of preacher. And um, he was exposed to inappropriate behavior and he never even sort of... He never took the appropriate steps afterwards. He never stepped down. He never acknowledged the harm that he did. He just right. sort of deflected it and kept going as if nothing had happened. And it just broke my heart that the community would incessantly like defend this man despite what he's done. But here's the thing, you know? Aisha. That's, the, that's where the problem lies. And again, this is not exactly. just about Muslim preachers or any religious preachers. The reason why people keep going is that other people allow them to keep going. Exactly. That's what hit me later. And I literally did a video on this on TikTok later on. I said, it, I just, it hits me all of a sudden. And again, sometimes it's funny how things are so obvious, but mm. it just doesn't compute until your, your brain literally goes through the steps. <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute, this whole time, like Christians who were leaving the church in droves, mm. it wasn't because they were like, oh like the priests are disgusting it was like no uh, like crime and corruption happens all the time like that's right. part of human nature what's not like supposed to be part of human nature or that's not okay is people who know about the monsters and protect right. them right. that's like the, it's the cover-up it's the cover-up that messes everything up because right. we can quote-unquote forgive not forgive but like we can overlook mm. an abuser once they're uh rooted like picked out right right if we expose someone for being abusive and we pick them out and we throw them out of the community, right. then everything's all right again. Right. But that's not how it works. They're still in there. They're still infecting right. the community and they've got right. like this, you know, the cell of people around them sort of protecting them. So right. that, that's what's really tragic. And um, so again, <laughs> what, what started this whole thing on TikTok is because I saw a woman make a whole video. Like it was, it was one of those things like, oh, what's a, a controversial opinion that you have? And they were like, well, my controversial opinion is that we've canceled this man uh, for no good reason. He's, mm. you know, completely, um, he's a good preacher. He help so many people and mm -hmm. we as a, a as a community are so quick to judge and that was really funny to me because i'm like i see it as the complete opposite like this man right. was not canceled enough yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. still out there doing yeah. stuff what do you mean he's canceled like maybe a few people canceled him but generally yeah. he's doing very well like most right. people still listen to him actually a lot of people have no idea uh, right. about his past i had a right. bunch of comments on my video being like what did he do what like i never heard mm. what, what is this like it was all brand new to them Whereas this happened about like four years ago. It's not very long ago, um, it's true. Yeah, well, I mean, it's long in internet years. You know, it, it was true. four years. We, we have short-term you know? memory issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like for it was like four years that he was exposed for this. And still a lot of people on the internet don't know. Right. Um, and so I just, I couldn't help it. I had to respond. I was just like, mm. 
and and then whenever I respond to people on TikTok, I try to make it very clear I'm not attacking you as a person. Right. Like we're actually mutuals, me and this mm. this woman who made the video, like we're actually friends and stuff on on TikTok. But I was like, I have to call out this idea, not you. Right. I'm not right. targeting you. It's just you put forward this idea that this man is, you know, that we should forgive him, that he's innocent or whatever it is. I'm like, I I need to like put a stopper on this because mm. um, I just see it as so so damaging and. Um, and he's been having this resurgence where like mm. I'm scrolling on TikTok and I see his face like uh, like Islamic accounts are posting his speeches. Content. Yes. And it's very triggering for some people. Mm. Even I'm not even one of his direct victims or anything like that, but it's triggering to me when I scroll and I see him talking. I'm like, "Ugh, right. this guy is like still around, you know?" Right. And so I was like, "Okay, let's address this." And um and yeah, you know, this it started a really interesting discussion of people who got it and people who didn't. You know, yeah, there's I people mean, that that's that's the thing. I don't know how you handle all of this because <laughs> it can be pretty crazy. So how do you keep everything like in a in a space of Zen, I guess? Right. Um, metal music helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just putting in the earphones. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> to be honest, like that's the a lot of people hate on metal music. And I'm like, I for a long time didn't get it either. But when I got it, I got it. And I was yeah. like, it's very therapeutic. It's mm-hmm. actually very therapeutic to let someone else do that screaming for you. Right. <laughs> that's the way I right. see it. Like, I can't scream that gutturally. Like I can't yeah. damage my vocal cords and I, right, I can't right. do that. So it's I'm like, yes, yes, that's how I feel inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know. And a lot of metalheads are actually very, very mellow people yeah. because of that. There's this right. misconception. A lot of people th- see metalheads as aggressive. They might be aggressive in the mosh pit, right? But in real life, they tend to be very mellow people because it's like they've released that that bad energy, you know? Right. But anyway, I digress. Um, the the comments and stuff. Honestly, in the beginning, it didn't get me as much, but now as time goes on, it is getting to me a little bit. I have mm. to admit. It's it's really hard again to bite my fingers or bite my tongue and not to respond um, because it's uh, it's extremely demoralizing to mm. and you know I kind of pride myself on explaining things well I take right. my time to go point by point and articulate myself to try to make my point as clear as possible right. and I really made the effort and I made a I think it was a three two or three part series and I really put in the effort to like explain why this is so harmful and why we need to react on this and stuff like that and then still people comment as if they didn't watch the video at all you know right. they like completely missed the point point. No, no, uh, and that's what i tell myself yeah i'm like i think they just didn't watch the video let's just leave it at that you know you you, you have better perceptions of them than i would aisha that's the thing <laughs> at, <laughs> at this point it's you know hard. you can't you can't really fix everybody or everything Okay, yeah. um, horse to water, water sort of situation. Can't make them drink it. Exactly. No, but you know what it is. Actually, I'm I'm a big sucker for analogies, and it's like, okay, you'll bring the horse to the water, and they they might not drink right away. Right. But if you leave them there and you walk away, they might eventually take a sip. I hope so. You know, that yeah. that's kind of how I see it. Is like, okay, because I know that that's how my brain works. Over the right. years, sometimes I've heard an argument, and right away I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Right. And then years or months or whatever later, like I found myself agreeing with a mm. statement that I heavily disagreed with before. Right. You know, so I'm hoping for the growth of some people that maybe right now it's hitting them the wrong way, but a few, right. a little time down the line, they're going to be like, oh, I get it. You know? Right. 
that's the hope. So I'm like, <clears throat> my, by me being mean or disrespectful to them, it's only going to delay that process. Right. You know, it's going to make them more resistant to the idea. Right. If, right. if you if you combat them and with with bad manners or put them down and I'm not perfect. There's times definitely where I lost my patience and yeah. you know, I've maybe replied in ways that were less graceful than I'd like. But generally, I try to keep it as mild as I can in the comments because I'm like, OK, they're being very dense now. Right. But I hope that, you know, some way down the line, they'll they'll soften up a bit. And me being mean is not going to help with that softening process. It's just going to make them more right hard right. you know so right. that's kind of how i try to approach it <laughs> <laughs> but it's and definitely a challenge it i can i can completely like see how it because that's the thing when it comes to faith any faith or any belief system per se you have a lot of people that are so vehement in their opinions about so many things. Um, mm -hmm. Like uh, religious leaders is one of them. Hijab is the other one for us. For Muslims, hijab is mm -hmm. one of those things that really, mm -hmm. you know, it could start like an entire forest fire on its own. That's how yeah. we feel about it. Um, yeah. So when you have such polarized opinions that sort of come out in the comment section, yeah, it does, it does become hard. Now, um, mm -hmm. but how do you see yourself going forward with this, with how you're doing your TikTok videos and what do you hope to, I don't know, achieve through it? Like what would mm -hmm. be, what would be the ideal outcome of you doing your TikTok videos? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you're asking that actually, because it's been on my mind because of everything we just discussed. I'm like, this is very heavy emotionally. Mm. Um, and I'm the kind of person where it doesn't hit me right away. In the beginning, I was like, I can do this. I can like right. take them on or whatever. But as time goes on, I'm like, my heart feels heavy. I'm like, oh my God, like the amount of people who are defending these abusers or right. choosing to look the other way or downplay the severity of the abuse right. or the amount of people that are so judgmental. And again, going back to the whole obsession with the appearance of righteousness. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> actually it happened a few times that people comment and they're like, just by looking at you, I thought you were like this really weird, like liberal Muslim. But after listening to you, I realized like, you're kind of okay. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me laugh because I'm like, you went on a whole journey there, didn't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. But that's, I love my whole life. I've always loved um, breaking, um, what's it called? Subverting expectations of right. people. Like, oh, you think this is one way? No, actually it's like this or, right. you know, or whatever. So, you know, part of me looking the way that I do, there's many, I'm not going to get into it. There's many personal intentions and journey right. and all that stuff behind it. But one of the sort of advantages, if you will, is that it attracts people to talk about these topics mm. um, because they're like, oh, well, this person is definitely not judgmental because like, look at her. <laughs> 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 and I've had, there was another video that kind of uh, went off a little bit recently where I'm kind of teasing because there's Muslims that are starting to celebrate Christmas more and more mm, and putting up right. trees in their homes. Right. And I was never someone to do that. So I thought it'd be really funny if I acted judgmental mm. towards people that do that because look at me, who am right. I to be judgmental? <laughs> so right. that was the whole joke. I was like, oh, you put Christmas trees up in your house. Okay. People did not get the joke. Oh. <laughs> the comments, they're like, literally, who are you to judge? Oh. Didn't you know your haircut is haram? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the joke. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so where I want to go forward with the TikToks is just sort of, you know, kind of take a step back a, a little bit, actually, because like mm -hmm. I said, it's getting quite heavy, especially with the topic of spiritual abuse, because that is, again, very, very demoralizing when you it, realize it, it opens a whole much... lot of floodgates, Aisha. I mean, here's the oh, thing. Yeah. 
you're on <laughs> the opposite side of an entire like i don't know Industry. i don't even know what to call it it's a movement it's like a yeah. whole thing with a lot of followers and almost cultish at, yeah oh yeah at, definitely cultish yeah so yeah, because it, the fervor with which they defend them it's definitely mm, as if they're a cult leader that's what right. it feels like right you know so, so. It, it it puts you in and that's the thing i mean with with how you appear and the opinions you express it would definitely put you on the receiving and on and not that's the thing let's say if i was giving that opinion let's pretend i was if i was brave enough to do that let's uh, they would have a filter just because mm-hmm. i got the hijab on but yes. for you yeah. the filter all uh, you know all bets are off and they're like bearing their claws and teeth for you that's the oh problem. yeah yeah but you know that's the whole thing for me and that's a big um sort of you know you asked me before like how do i get through it and stuff like that because mm. for me good character is the basis of right. our religion right and i always like to respond to people and say you know as muslims we start everything in life like literally from eating mm. to getting dressed to waking up in the morning to how we start our prayers everything starts with bismillah arrahman arrahim right. which means in the name of god the most gracious mm. the most merciful right why did god choose those two qualities out mm-hmm. of all of his qualities because in islam we believe god has 99 qualities at least right. and so he chose those two mm-hmm. you know he didn't say in the name of god the most uh powerful know, or, or like, wrathful the, the, or um <laughs> the one who has power over everything or who has knowledge over everything it was always ar-rahman yeah. ar-rahim most Grace gracious most merciful mercy. That's right and also you know if we look at the life of our prophet peace be upon him who was the one who modeled the religion for us he approached everything with grace and mercy right you know grace and mercy grace and mercy that's always how we should be approaching people and that's like the basis of good character because mm. if you have mercy you're going to expect um the best from them right. or sorry assume the best from them and if you have grace you handle things gracefully right. so literally mercy and grace it's Uh, good character is the basis of everything we should be doing as muslims mm-hmm. it's literally the foundation of our faith one of the foundations right. and so when fellow muslims come to me with all of this aggression mm-hmm. bad manners um bad words even if there could be a nugget of truth to what they're saying i'm like all that is invalidated because right. you literally have not grasped the basis of our faith that's right you have not a good grasp on literally the foundation of our faith which is grace and mercy mm-hmm. and so I just feel sorry for them mm. because uh like pity honestly is a big way that I get through this. I'm like I just feel sorry for them because they're really caught up in the wrong parts um not the wrong parts of our religion because there are no wrong parts to our religion, but you know what I mean like they have the They're dying over the, the wrong hill. Let's put it this yeah. way. They have the emphasis on the wrong like the wrong priorities if you will. Right. Um where for example the fact that I don't wear hijab is so triggering to them. Yeah. But but good character isn't like you will right. literally berate someone for not wearing hijab but don't you see like they'll use they'll even wear um they'll even use swear words oh and cuss words i'm like that's that you're literally sinning and telling me not to sin like it, it just there's no logical right. or critical thinking happening right. and so i just feel sorry for them and again my main thing is to remind people to be righteous to actually be righteous and not be so focused on the appearance of righteousness Mm-hmm. And it's not that I want to downplay things like hijab or right. having a full beard or anything like that. Those things are part of our faith and they're important. And I never 
you know, I'll always defend hijab. That's another thing people uh, assume that I'm, because a lot of Muslim women who take hijab off tend to sort of downplay it a lot and be like, oh, mm. it's just cultural anyway, or it was never even part of Islam anyway. Right. But I'm like, no, no, like I believe in hijab. I believe it has its place in our tradition. Mm. Um, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying y'all have upplayed it way too much, you know, right. in comparison to all the other aspects of our faith. And so, yeah, just feeling sorry for them, honestly, really helps a lot. And I'm like, you know, inshallah, may Allah guide them, literally, which is oh. funny because they're thinking the same thing about me. <laughs> and uh, which is, but seriously, people will comment that, like, may, may God help you or may God like have mercy on you or things like that. And I replied, right. I'm like, Amin, and you too, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like may God help us all. And we're help just us on, all. on different, we're on different radio uh, wavelengths sometimes, right. but that's the main thing. We all just hope for God's grace and mercy. Right. And uh, I'm totally forgetting the last question you asked me. <laughs> Was it moving forward with the TikTok? Yeah, or where do I want to what, take it? What, like that's the thing. Right now, this is this is the, at the core of what you create your content about. Like these are topics that like always have always been flashpoints in the Muslim community, hijab, mm -hmm. spiritual leaders, and in general, uh, you know how judgmental. Uh, it can be in religious settings about oh but I'm right you're wrong sort of thing. Mm -hmm. the other mm -hmm. thing I wanted to ask you about and again this is not just a Muslim thing I think um, there is a general uh, mistrust of faith that is prevalent because again about how a lot of abuse occurs like or, or any form of authority it had said on your profile that you had un you are unmasked um mm. if you would want to explain you know like what does that mean for you and why that came about um so yeah i'm someone who just uh unfortunately have a lot of negative emotional associations to mm. traditional islamic spaces right so unmosque doesn't mean just the mosque it's just like sort of any mainstream traditional religious space Right. I just feel like a sore thumb and that I won't be accepted or treated normally if I right. if I step into that space. Right. And so here in North America, at least the mosque culture is a, a certain type of way where I'm, I'm, I think it's starting to change now, hopefully in some places. But mm. uh, mosques tend to be sort of a little, they operate a little bit like a country club. Mm. Um, where you have the regulars who are all, again, in their suit and tie, if you will, you know, right. they're wearing that proper uniform right. and they're always there and they socialize there. Mm. And so when you walk in, not looking like, not looking the part or not right. maybe behaving the part, you're really like looked, you know, with that yeah. side glance right. and you experience a bit of that judgment. It's, it very much feels like walking into a country club. Right. Um, which is really sad because mosques are supposed to be places uh, to help people. Mm. You know, it's not for people that have already been helped. It's for right. people that need the help, who want that spiritual connection. Right. But you walk in there and I don't know, for me, generally it tends to be kind of a negative emotional experience. I'm just like, ugh. Like, I literally dread going mm. into the masjid. Like, unfortunately, it's really hard for me to separate the people and the vibe from connecting to Allah. Like, I'm someone who really... <laughs> Uh, relies heavily on vibes and aesthetic you know I guess I have that's the artistic part of me like when I walk into a space I need to feel like that the whole vibe is just a good vibe you know right, but it, right. and I have walked into some mosques who did have impeccable vibes right. <laughs> most of the time sadly they don't for me and uh, moving out here in Alberta uh, which is very very well known for its 
amazing landscapes. You know, we have the, the Banff National Park with Lake Louise, like it's world known, uh, beautiful natural sites. And going up there, I like to say that's where I feel the most Canadian and the most Muslim all at once. It's where I feel right. the most spiritual, spiritually connected. That's where I feel, you know, the creator Allah the most. And um, that's where I feel my spiritual connection. So I, I like to say, you know, the mountain is my mosque, the mountain is my temple. Um, that's where I kind of go to really, uh, what's it called? Uh, recharge connect. spiritually yeah. and to connect to Allah is always mm. out in nature. Right. Um, and so, and I think that's okay. I think that's one great thing about Islam is that it does encourage community and it does mm. encourage you to go to the mosque and to meet with other Muslims. And right. for Muslim men, it's actually an obligation. They have to go right. to the mosque once a week. Right. Um, but it also acknowledges that there's some people that are more private or that right. they prefer to worship alone or whatever. And so you can worship alone. There's no um, stigma or uh, taboo or uh, discouragement from just praying on your own, right. you know? And so uh, I think that helps a lot of people to be like, well, maybe the community doesn't get me, but I can still have that one-on-one -on -one connection with God anytime that I want. Right. And so I wanted to reach out to other Muslims who feel like me too, that they don't feel very comfortable in traditional places, that they right. don't fit into that country club, you know, and, and we're all just kind of waiting outside the country that's, club. That's as well. what I wanted to ask, like through your TikTok, <laughs> have you found other like alternative Muslims? Um, 100%. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one big thing that keeps me going again because of all the negative negativity that I get. I also have a lot of positivity and that's mm. what keeps me going as well right. is knowing that for every ignorant comment I get, there's also uh, an amazing person right. that says something really nice or that my content resonates with them. Right. And I've even had, you know, I'm not saying this to sort of pat myself on the shoulder or whatever, but I've had people message me privately being like, hey, like I was about to like fall out completely. Oh. You know, I just felt like there was absolutely no space for me in this community that mm -hmm. I'm just like this weirdo and maybe Islam is not for me. Right, right. You know, maybe I shouldn't be Muslim then because mm -hmm. I literally cannot reconcile who I am with my faith, right. which is extremely tragic. And I think people who are insanely judgmental like don't see how much damage they're causing to people like that um but they'll reach out to me and be like you know finding your content made me feel less alone and mm -hmm. that i can be fully unapologetically muslim mm -hmm. while also like being myself and it's right. a journey and i don't have to like have that country club perfect uh, aesthetic right. to be muslim so that's what keeps me going i'm like wow okay that's actually reaching people who need it and i've shifted my focus to reach out to those people Right. versus trying to convince the other kind of people because right. I think that's how I started out a little bit I was like trying to convince people who thought differently than me you know because mm -hmm. I'm always like oh I don't want to build an echo chamber you know that's a big problem with the internet is we're building these echo chambers around mm -hmm. ourselves only surrounding ourselves with people who agree with us um but now I'm kind of like unapologetic about it I'm like yep <laughs> I'm building that echo chamber and uh you know Here's people who disagree can watch yeah. from the outside and learn something right. but this space is for people like me, people who are unmasked, people who mm. feel like they don't fit into that traditional space. Because mm. the way I picture it in my mind is that there's a mosque and it's not a great mosque. Again, it's ones that we find often in our cities that are hard to kind of vibe with. And there's the people outside the mosque who went in and were like, I'm not feeling this and who stepped back out and they're just kind of standing there like, I don't know what to do. Right. And I'm here like being like, hey, we could start our own like cool kids club, <laughs> you know, like come over here. So, right. you know, we have this little, we're starting to build a little bit of a community of Muslims who are not very mainstream, but Islam right. is still very important to them, Right. you know? Right. 
Now I yeah. I like I fully see that and I completely appreciate what you do because it's so needed. Um there was a time when an alternative I guess existence only meant that you could not be muslim. I I'm I'm from that generation unfortunately where you had to either fit in to the mold or you just couldn't reconcile being muslim but I'm like that's what that's what I appreciate about um the content you make is that you are unapologetically you but also unapologetically muslim at the same time and I think that's so fantastic Aisha. Um and you know I want everybody else to know where they can find you on TikTok for your videos and on Instagram and your website for your artwork which, which is also great. I guess that's the other thing. I mean the artwork you make is not the traditional Muslim artwork. It's so alter- I love it. Like I love the stuff you make. So please let my audience know where they can find you. Thank you. So um my whole uh uh what's called brand is centered around the word moose limb mm-hmm. so moose like the animal and yeah. then lim because right. again I'm very canadian and I'm very muslim and I I wanted a word that you know mashes those uh two things together so you know moose are very much associated with uh canadiana if you will right um so if you just type moose limb in google you'll probably find me but on tiktok it's canadian.moosslim mm-hmm. and on instagram it's muslim.works and my website is uh, muslimworks.ca okay. um and i'm i'm glad you recognize that about my artwork cuz that is another part of it is that i'm trying to make non-traditional artwork um you know it's my tagline on tiktok is art for the unmasked so it's mm-hmm. very um again based on the actual like righteousness of our religion the the lessons that we get from it right. um but you know meshing that with an art style that you don't usually see um you know associated with Islamic art and stuff like that so right. yeah you can find all that on Instagram and on my website thank you so much Aisha thank you for being with me and having this discussion i mean um i've been wanting to have you on ever since i saw you on tiktok thank you so much for being my guest and thank you to everybody who's listened and who's tuned into to youtube to see you um until next time y'all take care of yourself and may peace be on you all Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and that's okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a 5-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.